As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo Tequil. And Mo, let's talk about the Clippers beating the San Antonio Spurs 106-92. to How did the Clippers pull away in the fourth quarter? You know, it was just a couple of runs there towards the fourth quarter that helped them kind of actually towards the end of the third. And then anytime the Spurs started to make a run, somebody would make a shot for the Clippers. And then it really ended with... Reggie Jackson hitting a couple of threes that sort of just put the game away, just out of reach of the Spurs at that point. Fascinating stat line, 5 for 17 from 3 for Reggie Jackson. I don't know if I've ever seen that one from him. It was pretty impressive. Like, he did <laughs> he did let that thing fly today. Just so you guys know, Reggie Jackson took 17 threes. The whole San Antonio Spurs took 22. <laughs> Greg Popovich must have been proud of that one. Uh, but, I mean, Paul George had a really good night. He had 34 points and nine boards. He went 12 for 13 from the free throw line, which makes up for the six turnovers. But how important was his aggressiveness in this one? I mean, really just went off, especially in the first half, where he really kind of put a, a stranglehold on the game in terms of it for the Clippers. It looked like he got a little bit gassed in the in the second half, but... The Spurs just didn't have anybody to cover him, Jared. Like, it's tough. And and PG at this level, the way he's playing and over these past few weeks, this is him as a number one option. And this is why people were like, yo, this dude's one of the best players in the league when he's this guy. And it's a pretty impressive performance across the board from him. Is he making a dark horse MVP push with these kind of nights? I mean, it's way too early, but yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it is way too Cause we've seen this from him, you know, that run in Oklahoma city where he was great in the first half of the season and then trailed off. Like we tend to see that from him. That's why I'm like, yes, he's a dark horse candidate. If you're going to have a conversation about the MVP in the NBA, you have to include him. You have to include him, but it's still way too early, Jared, to even have these conversations. <laughs> okay. How, how about a reasonable conversation? You had a tweet that I thought was really interesting where you showed Avicii Zubac's passing ability on the roll. And it was funny because I was thinking, wow, I guess the Clippers really have more playmakers on the floor than we realize. Then I look at the assist differential. It's 26 assists, 
just 16 assists. I was like 26 for the Spurs, just 16 for the Clippers. So I guess, what are you seeing in the Clippers offense that's making it work that they could have so fewer assists in their opponent and still beat them pretty handily? Again, I think a lot of it comes from Reggie Jackson and Paul George. Like a lot of it's still really heavy one-on-one play. When the offense is at its best, it's humming. The ball's flying around the court here a little bit, like on that play with Zubac, where he just kind of rolled to the rim. And it's a pass that he wouldn't be able to have made two or three years ago. But it was, he didn't even stop, Jared. Is As he literally got the ball, kicks it straight to the corner. Coffee misses the three, but he gets the rebound and gets the dunk out of it. So that was like a nice stat padding offensive possession for him in that instance but for the Clippers like a lot of their offense is still really iso heavy right and it's Paul George kind of creating a lot of that stuff it's Reggie Jackson like there's nobody on that team that's a clear playmaker for others Paul George has improved in that department but it's not to the point where you feel like yeah they just got a guy where like he's just gonna set everybody else up and that's why they have games where they just don't have that many assists Okay, we got to show love to San Antonio real quick. DeJounte Murray, 26 points, 12 boards, 9 dimes, and three steals. R- really, really good game for him. But my favorite play of the game was Derek White getting a loose ball and doing a quick little spin pirouette right off the pickup to get it ahead to Murray, who finished a tough shot at the rim. The Spurs, I mean, they just they just don't have the wing scoring to complement those two guys playing well. But Murray and White, at least, were really fun to watch in this game. Yeah, they were great tonight, you know, and when you're watching the way they're playing, it's I want to give the whole Spurs team credit, though, Jared, because they did continue to battle throughout the night. There was at least four different times throughout this game where I was like, oh, this game's about to be a blowout. And then the Spurs would come back, you know, and continue to fight through it and things like that. They're just a pesky team. And then you have Murray and White who can knock down shots, who can get hot and get going. It takes them a long way. But I got to tell you, Jared, I think you missed really my favorite play which was Lonnie Walker driving down towards the end of the first quarter. And I, I don't remember who the defender is, but he reached for the ball and wa- Walker just went behind the back, wrapped the ball behind his back in for a layup. And I was just like, okay, that was pretty fancy. Dude, Lonnie, he, he breaks that thing out every once in a while. I mean, he's a lot, he's got 11 points a night so far this season. Like he's showing something, but we don't see it quite enough. Well, yeah, because you didn't see a lot of that. That was just one of two field goals he made today, alpha 10 attempts. Yeah, that's not good. All right, uh, before we get to the Warriors-Nets game, can we talk about the worst news that's come out of the NBA in a while? And that is the Staples Center being renamed the Crypto.com Arena, according to Arshan Sravanya. You live in LA. You go to the Staples Center all the time. Are you going to continue to go there, or are you going to stop going out of protest for the terrible name change? I'm going to continue to go. I'm just not going to call it the Crypto Center. I saw some people say we're going to call it the Crypt and all of that stuff. Nah, I'm just still going to call it Staples Center. And by the way, Staples Center wasn't a great name to begin with either. I remember making fun of it when I was a kid. Well, I was actually probably a teenager because it was 1999. But I remember making fun of it back then. So I'm just going to stay with calling it Staples Center because as these places begin to change their names, Jared, I'm too old now to remember what's what. I'm just going to call it what I remember it as. Hey, as long as you still call it the Sears Tower over in uh, Chicago, I think we're straight. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, next up, we're going to bring on Anthony Slater, the Athletics Warriors writer, to talk about the Warriors' incredible 117-99 win in Brooklyn. Warriors had another unbelievable game. It seems like this is all they do now. We're joined by Anthony Slater from the Athletic. Slater, you're at the game, and you just watched another phenomenal defensive performance. How is this defense this good right now? You know, I think one thing we underrated this offseason when, uh, you know, talking about them recorrecting their personnel, mostly we talked about they got players who offensively know the system, know how to play with Steph Curry. Higher IQ was the word you heard. But we kind of underrated what that did to the defense, right? I mean, like, you know, IQ translates to the other side of the ball where you know other teams' actions, you uh, read scouting reports, you know personnel, and they're just like on a string from a team perspective, have been early in the season, currently have a 98.9 defensive rating, which, you know, if they were to stay under 100, which I don't think they are for the full season, but if they were, it would be the first team in, I think, six seasons to be under 100. But the one thing Steve Kerr talked about was he wanted to see them tested more individually, not just a team defense. And tonight, I thought they were really good individually. Draymond Green on Kevin Durant was the highlight matchup. And then I thought Wiggins on Harden was also a key. Yeah, you know, Wiggins on Harden was the big one. Like Harden, even when he did have those chances where he broke through, somebody was coming through to rotate. It feels like they really nailed the game plan on him. Wiggins is... I think undersold as a defender. You know, I mentioned the team setting, but sometimes he can be a space cadet off the ball. He can lose a rotation. He cannot box out. He can, you know, not get out to contest when he, he's supposed to fly out. But if you are just trying to drive on Andrew Wiggins, he's really good. He's laterally quick, bouncy. I think he was fourth among all wings and shot blocks last season. He actually got all defensive second team votes last year. And he's good against a guy like Harden who, who's slow, methodical, is obviously trying to draw fouls, having a tougher time this season. Wiggins keeps his hands back. And I mean, you saw it tonight. Like he kind of, you know, swallowed up a lot of Brooklyn's offense because of what he could do to Wiggins just on ball. And then, of course, Draymond versus KD is just such a, a fun matchup to watch. And I, my favorite part was when Draymond buried that three over KD and got the tongue out and everything. I mean, what was what was that matchup like up close? Kevin's sitting there like, man, could you hit a, you know one of those threes when I was playing with you? But yeah, I think that was only like Draymond's fifth made three of the season. It was a good matchup. It's interesting. The Warriors typically you know like to use Draymond as a free safety. They don't love to get him locked in on like one-on-one battles because he is you know probably the league's greatest quarterback of the defense back there essentially. But because of Brooklyn went super small, they had Patty Mills in the starting lineup alongside Harden and. The fact that Harden's out there, they need to use Wiggins, who is the guy they would normally put on a superstar wing. They have him guard Kawhi, LeBron, those kind of guys. They put Wiggins on Harden, which made Draymond take the Durant matchup, and it worked out really well. I mean, talk about a guy who knows all of Durant's moves. You know, he's there's clips I put in my story post game, but where he's kind of calling out Brooklyn's action. He's telling Steph, like, hey, Patty Mills is coming to screen me, and I don't want to switch. And then he's getting there. He's getting a strong contest. He did it mostly without fouling. Durant goes 6 of 19, which, you know, a lot of stars have 6 and 19 shooting nights, and it shouldn't surprise. But when Durant has a 6 and 19 shooting night, it's like that's – you know, kind of an eye opener. And they go 38 15 in the third quarter, the Warriors did. And that is, you know, Durant went 0 of 8 in that quarter. And that's where they broke it open. 
I mean, Seth Curry himself had more threes in the entire game than Durant had field goals. He went nine for 14, 37 points in just under 30 minutes. We have trouble finding different ways to talk about stuff on the show because it's just it's unbelievable every night. So can you find something unique to say at this point? Oh, geez. Good. Uh, how about this? He's playing really good defense. And you talk to people around the Warriors, they're like, he's better than he's ever been on that end. Like, he's really grown on that end. He's always been, obviously, a three-point sniper. But he's not a weak point on defense. I'd almost even say, if you judge him league-wide, he's like a plus defender at this point. And watching him diving for loose balls when he's already got, like, 35 points that are already way up there, I just I can't believe the energy and effort that he's playing with right now. He's, don't see that from a star. Last thing to go over here. After the game, we got updates on Clay Thompson and James Wiseman's health situation. Please fill us in. So both were left back in the Bay Area. This is like a week-long, like four-game East Coast trip for the Warriors. But but those two are not with them. They've left a couple coaches back there, Rick Celebrini, their trainer, and they're just bringing in like, you know, Clay Thompson's brother and a couple like amateur basketball players around the area to play five-on-five. Five. And the expectation was Wiseman and Clay would play five-on-five five this week. But as of now, as of Monday, actually, Clay Thompson advanced to five on five, full contact scrimmage, which that's it's huge. It's the first time since the Achilles recovery. So it's a big milestone. But Wiseman has not yet advanced, which I'm not necessarily sure I'd call it a surprise. But, you know, Steve Kerr in his postgame comments referred to how, you know, Jaron Jackson and the delicate nature of recovering from a, a meniscus surgery and, and, you know, how many times last year did we feel like Jaron Jackson was close and he didn't return for probably a, an extra month. So it's just interesting to note why he still isn't in five on five. But I would also say with Clay being there, Kerr made it a point to go, that doesn't mean he's going to be in an NBA game next week. He's probably at least still a month away as they really try to get his body back. You know, he hasn't played an NBA basketball game in almost now 900 days. So slow recovery times is still important to know. I didn't realize it was 900. That's insane. Well, he'll be in street clothes. Anthony Slater will be in street clothes, but he will always be performing when the Warriors are on. Thank you for joining us, Anthony. Yep, no problem. Okay, we're going to bring in Mo kill for the most important part of the show. But before that, do not forget to subscribe to the Athletic NBA show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever other podcast source you use, or in the Athletic app. You can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash ding. And uh, say that word again for me two times, Mo. Ding, ding. <laughs>